Our readings this morning uh, are going to be in reverse order. The uh, New Testament will precede the Old. And so we'll travel to the Gospel according to Luke in the 12th chapter for our New Testament reading this morning, beginning at verse 29, continuing through verse 31. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our Old Testament reading this morning is taken from the beginning of the book of the prophet Haggai. It's the opening seven verses of that book. Again, I invite you to listen to a word from the Lord as it is there written. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai, saying, is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses when this home lies in ruin? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider how you have fared. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And you that earn wages, earn wages to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider how you have fared. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. This morning I felt led to do something a little bit different. I'm going to use this morning's sermon as a time to check in with you. Yes, I have called several of you over the past couple of weeks for one reason or another. And yes, I've had good fortune to chat with a bunch of you at one or more of the recent events that we've shared together, the Congregational Picnic, the Crab Feast, the 95th birthday celebration with Sonny. But this morning I'm going to be checking in with a bunch of this congregation, everyone here, all at one time. So my question of you as I check in with you this morning is this, how has it been going with you? And you can temporally frame this question in any fashion that you wish over the course of the last couple of days or over the course of the last few weeks or months or years or even over the course of a lifetime if you'd like. And... You do not have to stand up and give a report in front of the class either. 
You can speak with me after worship as we gather around some delicious pulled pork barbecue, or you can call me later on the phone. You can even answer privately to God. I'm pretty sure, after all, that he's the one that prompted me to ask this question in the first place. So why might that be? Why might God be taking an interest in how it's been going for you and for me? Well, I think the short answer to that question might well be found within the the great 20th century Reformed theologian Karl Barth's 13-volume magnum opus, Church Dogmatics. If you haven't got the inclination to read his six million words or so on the subject, he was once asked to briefly summarize his life's work, and he reportedly did so by saying this, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yes, Jesus loves you and me. He's caring and he's active and he's present with us and for us. And this isn't the first time that God has asked a question like this of his people. In fact, the God who made covenant with his creatures has taken an ongoing interest in their well-being, dating back thousands of years. This morning's reading from the book of Haggai is testament to that. Old Testament, in fact. These introductory verses to the book named for the prophets whom they are attributed to were written at a time when several other prophetic books in the Old Testament were also being authored. Among them were Ezra and Nehemiah and Zechariah. Uh, The year we know precisely was 520 B.C. It was a busy and eventful time in the life of the Israelites as the first groups of Hebrews had journeyed back to the land of Canaan after their extended exile in the east. They had begun arriving some 16 years previous, and they had set about resettling and rebuilding in a rather barren land which was still occupied by other tribes. Well, upon their return to the land, the land that they had lost in battle generations ago, the people had dreamt of putting things back the way their collective memory had told them they once had been. There was much to do to get the place back in that condition. So land was cleared and crops were planted, timber and stone were gathered, homes and businesses were constructed and a little bit of work had been done on the temple. Public works projects had begun and the work was hard and progress was slow and we can infer this from this account in Haggai. We know that despite opposition from without and squabbles from within, the Israelites had their noses to the grindstone trying to eke out an existence for themselves as foreigners in their own ancestral lands. And to some extent, many of you can relate to what they were going through. Many of you have eked out an existence on land that your ancestors lived and worked on. 
Many of you have spent a lifetime working to get by. Some of you are heavily in debt. Some are living paycheck to paycheck or pension check to pension check or social security check to social security check. The word of the Lord came to such a people during the days of Haggai. Consider how you have fared. Well, they might have responded in that moment. Well, we're getting by, doing the best we can. Uh, as someone told me this morning, still taking nourishment. Uh, how about a little help? The same sort of answer might come from us if we were given the chance. In its context here in this passage, we're able to see that the Lord already knows exactly how the people have been faring. And as importantly as honoring the reality of their struggles by recognizing their troubled situation, God suggests that he wants to help and he offers to them a better way forward. If you're stuck in neutral, giving her more gas isn't likely to get you going. You're going to have to change gears. Way back in the days of Haggai, it seems many folks were stuck in neutral. Well, thank goodness that that isn't the case today, right? If we were to make a candid assessment of where we're at, it might well involve considering how we have fared doing things the way that we've been doing them. Which brings us again to that question that we began with this morning. How have things been going with you? For most of us, there's some room for improvement and for some, seemingly, quite a bit of room for improvement and for others, perhaps, seemingly not as much. At one time or another, we have all felt as if we were shoveling sand against the tide when it's been one step forward and two steps back, when we just can't seem to get ahead, no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, a bit like that family from Washington State. But wherever you find yourself on any given day, in any given season, I believe God wants us to know that He cares and that He is the answer. When I say God wants to remind us that he's the answer, I'm referring to the eternally wise words that he sent to the prophet Haggai for the benefit of his people, both then and ever since. Consider how you've fared. You've sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm, and you earn you that earn wages, earn wages to put them in a bag with holes. I'd be lying if I said there's not a whole lot of truth to that. The same thought is echoed in the New Testament as we heard in this morning's reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink and don't keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things. And your father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. If 
we have the courage to reflect upon and to give an honest answer to God's question, how has it been going with you? Perhaps we might be led to a biblical truth that has less to do with the what of the work that we're doing or the how we are going about that work and more about the why we have undertaken that work in the first place. If we have been spending our time and our talents to provide for our own comfort, well, we're skating on some pretty thin theological ice. Yes, God loves us and wants us to be happy, but that is not the chief end of man. Rather, it is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Our desire is always rightly ordered and subordinate to God. Our will subject to His. Our labors, then, are to magnify His name. And for the building of His kingdom, that is what ought to bring us the happiness that He would like us to have. When we get the order reversed, which we do all the time and so often so well, we set ourselves up for failure. We find that we have sown much and harvested little, that we eat but never have enough, that we drink but never have our fill, that we clothe ourselves but are not warm, and that we earn wages to put them into bags with holes. Maybe you know that you're there right now. Maybe you don't know that you're there right now. And maybe you've been there before. Maybe you'll be there again. But today is just as good a day as any to hear the divine question and take stock of how you've been doing lately. If you could be better by little or perhaps by more than a little, these passages from both the Old and the New Testament are reminders of where to look for that help. The Israelites who were returning from their exile beside the rivers of Babylon forgot their priorities in 70 years of captivity. They placed work for themselves ahead of work for God and they learned an important but difficult lesson. Don't do that. As we hear God asking us the question, how's it been going with you lately? My hope and my prayer is that we will be encouraged by the fact that our God still cares enough about us to ask and that he has provided for us the blueprint for structuring and living our lives in a way that brings honor and glory to him as well as true riches and peace to we, his people. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.